Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining us now on the podcast, Teddy Cahill from Baseball America. Teddy, I missed talking to you guys last year. Mississippi State was just not worth talking about from a national perspective. How surprised were you at, at the results of last season for Mississippi State? I mean, I was very surprised. I mean, when you look at where they were ranked coming into the year, not just us, but like everyone thought that they were going to, um, you know, really have a, another great year coming off of the national championship. And obviously injuries, especially on the pitching side, hurt them. But even still, I, I couldn't have expected that they'd fall to last place in the SEC and be under 500 and, and just have things go as sideways as, as they ultimately did go. Every publication, including yours this year, has talked about Mississippi State, the incoming classes, both freshman and transfer. They they like the players that are that are in those classes. So so give me a big picture thought on Mississippi State in 2023. What do you think this team can be this season? I mean, they are in some respects just a massive uh you know, like question mark as as you look at them because so much is new. I mean, you see a lot of talent on the roster, uh, but I mean, that was probably true last year as well. I mean, a lot is going to be on how well they can integrate some of these new players with some key returners like a Hunter Hines. But you, know, you saw Auburn and Texas A&M, fellow SEC West teams, hit the portal hard a year ago and end the season in Omaha. So like, it obviously can be done. Um, that, that's what we've learned so far in this portal era, but there is definitely something to be said for making sure you get the right transfers and, uh, the right freshmen in and that you're able to develop them. And, you know, that's just something that is hard to know until the lights come on, especially in sec play. Let's talk about a couple of those, those newcomers. And we'll start with Colton Ledbetter, who seems to be the cream of the crop in, in this transfer portal uh, class, you know, a season ago, RJ Yeager kind of quietly had a massive season because state was not successful. Nobody really talked about him, but he was really good for the Bulldogs. Can Ledbetter be that kind of player for Mississippi State? I mean, that's certainly the hope, and and he is coming off of a, a really strong year, and he's coming out of a good program that has had players successfully transfer up into the SEC. Uh, so there's definitely something to be said for all of that. But I mean, Yeager was really good. Like you're right, and. It largely went under the radar. It was something that nobody was talking about Mississippi State in any context. And, you know, Jaeger was was huge for them. And Ledbetter, putting that that on Ledbetter is probably a little bit unfair. But I, I do think that he has that kind of offensive ability. And then in a pitching uh, thing, we're talking about getting back to form. You, you may have said Ledbetter was in good shape, had a great year last year. Aaron Nixon had a great freshman year, but then last year at Texas, not so much. Can he regain that form that made him a freshman All-American? I mean, you would like to think so, and he has the physical tools. And some of it, I think, last year was he suffered like a couple really brutal blown saves, especially in the Texas Tech series. And it just didn't seem like he recovered or that they – ever had the same like true faith in him um so maybe a change of scenery is good from that standpoint uh but you know even if he is a good but not incredible piece at the back of the bullpen i do think he can be a uh, a really useful player for this mississippi state team when we talk about state's freshmen i mean everybody is just chomping at the bit to see gerondrolo sanjay the 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 ambidextrous pitcher 
you know, how how much have, have you been able to see him in this offseason and how excited are you to see what he can do against SEC hitting? So he is this incredibly fascinating player. And I like we've never really seen a player like this in college baseball, certainly not in the SEC. I mean, Creighton did, mm-hmm. of course, uh, have the, the most famous two way or, uh, you know, ambidextrous pitcher in, in baseball history. But this is going to be different. And, you know, I just don't know how it's going to play because there's no precedent for it. I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, in the SEC, what he's able to do, you know, how teams react to it. It presents all sorts of matchup problems if you can have a pitcher who is able to switch pitch. Um, but he is also just a legitimately talented player. He's not just a sideshow with all of that. So like any freshman, there are you know some concerns just about how he'll adjust. But I, I do think that that has the potential to be a really exciting thing for Mississippi State to be able to, to throw him in and throw him in with both hands and, and see where, where they get with it. The first time in a long time, and we'll stay with pitching here. You know, I couldn't tell you who I who I would predict to be State's Friday night starter on the first game of the season. And you know, last year was Landon Sims. You know, prior to that, you, 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 JT Ginn was the, the guy, and then and, and Ethan Small, and, and just going further and further back. I don't know who that guy is going to be this year. Is State's rotation its biggest question mark for you coming into the season? Uh I feel like the whole team is the biggest question mark. Uh, you know, the, the rotation certainly is a question mark, but the thing that I would say about that right now is that whoever their Friday night starter is, is not necessarily going to be, you know, on February 17 is not right. necessarily going to take the ball to start SEC play that things are dynamic right now. And that, you know, just because somebody starts on opening night, somebody has to start on opening night. Right. Um, so, yes, it's definitely a question mark, um, but I don't think it's a question mark in a like, well, I don't think they can be good because it's a question mark. It's a question mark, uh, but they have they certainly have some options. They just don't have a true Friday night starter. It would appear right now. And maybe that raises some questions about their ceiling going forward. But in the immediate, I, I it's not my greatest concern with the team, I don't think. We talk so much about all the newcomers with State this year, and that's just really been the focus of the offseason. And we forget that they brought back some really good, talented players, namely you know, Hunter Hines among them. A lot of great power hitters in the conference. Hunter Hines is right there in that mix for me. Where do you have him among you know the best power hitters in college baseball? Ooh, I mean, he certainly has some, has some serious juice. Uh, but like you said, there are some incredible power hitters just within the conference. I mean, you think about what Dylan Cruz and, Wyatt Laneford can do, um, you know, to, to name a couple, but he uh, he's certainly bringing the juice and to have done what he did as a freshman on a team where he wasn't, you know, it, it's not like he was surrounded by it, an incredible array of talent. Like there was actually some amount of get, scouting report that had to be dedicated to this freshman. Um, I, I think that that really does look uh, all the more impressive, but I, uh, it's uh, to to have hit thirteen doubles and, and, and sixteen home runs last year. I mean, it, you you do really just have to sit up and take notice of that, and it's a great building block for the heart of that lineup. Between he and Kellum Clark, do you think that's a couple guys who can get close to forty home runs this year? I mean, that certainly would be the hope. Uh, you know, Kellum Clark is 
kind of a mystery for me. He hit 14 home runs last year. He only hit 257. How much more is in there for him? I mean, the other thing is Mississippi State is playing in the new dude, which just is not as offensive as some of these other ballparks in the conference. So how realistic is it that you're going to have two 20 home run guys on a team in Starkville right now? I just don't know. Uh, I don't know that, that I would put 40 on those two guys. If they hit 30 plus, like they hit 30 combined last year, if they hit 30 plus this year, I think, I think you have to be happy with that. Let's look at the sec for, for a minute. You, You won't believe this, but once again, it's, it's a good conference in baseball. LSU is is kind of the big bad this year. Everybody's got them kind of preseason number one or in that area. Why are they different than Arkansas two years ago and Tennessee a year ago? How will they succeed where those two teams failed? I mean, that's the great mystery of this baseball tournament, right, is why does the number one team not be successful? And I don't even think right now it's fair to compare them to Arkansas and Tennessee yet. I think it's more like, where are they going to be different from like Texas last year or whoever we ranked number one in 2021? I've already forgotten. Um, (laughs) The, the thing about the Tennessee last year is that they were not expected to do what they did. They built themselves into that kind of quietly. LSU just went out and won the off season is kind of the way I've been, been explaining it. And they added all this incredible talent and you look at them right now and they look like a super team, but Arkansas and Tennessee were not predicted to be what they became. So LSU kind of has to prove something to even get on that level to begin with where they're different, I guess, where they might end up winning, where so many preseason number ones have, have failed before is that I just think the depth of superstar talent is so incredible. Like not only do they have normal depth, they have superstar depth, like depth of like, why are these players even in college to begin with Uh, (laughs) that they're going to have to manage some things. They're going to have to stay healthy. You have to have luck to win in Omaha. Ultimately, like all of these things have to come true, but I do think there's a lot of winning DNA uh, within the coaching staff. You have a, major league pitching coach as their pitching coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay Johnson knows what it takes to win in Omaha and you have a group of players that's highly motivated to make that happen. I, I think they have a lot of the factors you would want, uh, but they are going to face things now that they haven't had to face over the last six months when everybody's been talking them up. I wouldn't say state and Ole Miss were off the radar or under the radar teams when they won the national title. They were both, you know, I think Ole Miss was ranked number one at one point last year. Uh, and in state, I know, was consistently in the top five, top ten all season long. So you wouldn't say under the radar, but they were coming out of the SEC that had Arkansas and had Tennessee as these massive favorites. So who's an SEC team that you could see maybe winning it all that isn't LSU? And please don't say Vanderbilt, but is there a, a sort of a, a, a team that's kind of down the road a little bit that you like a lot going into the uh, the season? I mean, like the whole conference, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it, yeah. It's unfair to say Tennessee. Maybe not Missouri. Right. Yes. Everyone, 13 of these teams, maybe you're maybe maybe 10 of these teams you can see that with. But um, it's unfair to say Tennessee. Everyone's going to have them ranked number two, I think. Um, so you have to look a little further than that. And, you know, you mentioned Vanderbilt and with the pitching depth that they have and, you know, just the overall talent, I think you have to consider them. But um, there's no reason why Ole Miss can't do something again. 
Uh, there's an awful lot of talent to be had on that roster still. Um, A&M seems to be a more popular pick than what I'm predicting them to be right now. But I will acknowledge that, like, I see what their ceiling is. I just kind of, I'm maybe I'm not as high on them right now as as they as others are. But if uh, if they have some players step up to replace guys that they lost last year, they have an awful lot to like there. And then Florida. I think really highly of um, you talk about superstars. They absolutely have them. Wyatt Laneford, they added Hurston Waldrop through the transfer portal. Brandon Sprout was a third round draft pick who came back. Uh, Florida's never shy on talent. So if they're able to, they haven't made it to Omaha since 2018. They haven't even won a regional since then. Uh, but we know what kind of program they're running there. And, and I, they, they can't be down for too terribly long. So, uh, even if this is down for Florida, hosting regionals in back-to-back years, just not winning them. Like I, I do think there's something coming uh, in Gainesville. We shall soon see 30 days until first pitch. I know you can't wait, neither can I. Teddy Cahill, Baseball America, man, thanks so much for joining me. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.